Oh, I can't remember what I was saying. I was in the middle of a rant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... You're listening to I Might Be Wrong, a podcast hosted by myself, Rich Newnham, and my co-host, Henry Salmon. Welcome to I Might Be Wrong. We are recording in person, which is nice. And we're, we're recording in the middle of rumours of a UK lockdown. So this might be the last time we get to do this for a little while. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> How I, you doing, I, mate? I'm, I'm all right. The whole country is... Um kind of looking forlorn i think at the the potential being just shut down yeah well hopefully it won't last too long maybe maybe we'll get like three weeks and then we'll be able to go back to normal i hope it's not the two and a half three months that we had in the summer that would be not great uh i think they're trying to make it so that we can have have a nice christmas so that's a sensible idea it's a good target (laughs) it's what i would like i'd love to be able to go to my parents for christmas i'm already thinking about the fact that i've got to take 14 days of self-isolation before I go to them because they're both in the high-risk categories. Oh, no. Well, that's um, it's gloomy anyway. You look at it really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I would feel very happy if I get to go and spend a week with them. That's a, that's a sacrifice I'm more than happy to make, Yeah, put it that way. Well, why don't we talk about happier times um, yeah. and talk about some music? Because it's your turn this time. And it is. Who have you chosen? I've gone with a little-known niche band called Coldplay. Coldplay? Who are they? (laughs) Right. Well, the album that I'm selecting, that was very much the reaction when when we first... Well, you and I didn't even know each other at this point, but when when they first released their debut, Parachutes, I don't think many people were aware of them. No, they were quite quite fresh out of the box. I, I remember a friend of mine who absolutely went bananas when Shiver came out. That's what I picked up. So I really? picked up Shiver, yeah. So XFM picked up Coldplay as a new up-and-coming band that we really love and played Shiver and Spies, I think. So Shiver was the first single and Spies they started playing when the... Because I think it was Shiver was released, then the album came out. And so they were playing bits off the album around that time. And they were they were tracks that I was like holy crap these guys are great but no one had really heard of them and me and my friend mark who i think you've met mark haven't you yeah. mark um he and i both really liked them but no one else had really heard of them but we were excited because we discovered that they were going to play v2000 festival which wow. we were all going to yeah because my friend sam was going bananas about it and he had recorded it onto mini disc <laughs> and he was like you've got to listen to this this is a band called coldplay and I was like, no, nah, I've just found this new band called Muse and I reckon they're way better than Coldplay. And we had Yeah, this they both appeared at the same time, didn't they? Re- it was the same summer um, where they started appearing. So I was going on going, nah, you, you keep your Coldplay, I've got my Muse. And we basically had a... Um, but yeah. Uh, I so love those. Was- when you find those bands right in the middle of them just emerging, because I found both of them around the same time and just really loved. They're another one of the two bands together type bands yeah, yeah, yeah. that I keep um, talking about and you keep challenging me to come up with more of them, but... I failed to miserably. But yeah, they came out, I think they both emerged in that 99, 2000, across that kind of 12-month yeah. period. Yeah. Shall I tell our, our listeners a little bit about Coldplay and who they are? For Do For those it. who don't know. Who's the lead singer, Rich? <laughs> well, I think most people think of Coldplay and they could probably only name Chris Martin. Mm. I'm not sure they'd be able to name any of the other 
band members. So Chris Martin obviously is a vocalist, rhythm guitarist, pianist, writes a lot of the music. Yeah. The lead kind of adored, hated, whatever your take on Coldplay is, man as part of that. He's who you think band. of when you think of Coldplay. Exactly. And then they have lead guitarist Johnny Buckland, bassist Guy Berryman and drummer Will Champion. And they all met at UCL in London and began playing music from 96 onwards. So that's when they sort of started to form the band. Yeah. But did you know they were called Pectorals with a Z and then Starfish (laughs) before becoming Coldplay? That's the worst. I mean, Coldplay's not a great name, but can you imagine if they'd stuck with Pectorals? Pectorals? (laughs) Who does that? Starfish... Starfish I can get. It's not a great name. It's not in any way creative. No. Well, then there's a whole... If, you, if we, we had a podcast about shit band names, we could go on for hours. So. Oh, man. We should do... We should think about trying to find the worst band names for the name that the band was before they became their famous name. That's a good quiz, actually. We should do that. You, you find out their original name and then... Oh, yeah. Is, that'd be fun. Yeah. We'll get a few get a few guests on for a quiz. Maybe we'll do that. So, yeah. some, once we run out of ideas, we'll do that. Cool. So Coldplay also have a fifth member, as all massive bands ever do, which is their creative director and former manager, Phil Harvey. Yeah, I remember, I recognise the name. I think he's a creative influence on the band rather than necessarily being directly involved in the music. I think he he almost helps with the vision of what are we going to do with things like music videos and direction and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So Parachute's debuted in 2000 we've already mentioned that they led with shiver which really made some minor ripples in indie circles i think it's fair to say that that didn't really go much beyond that and then they did make a very big splash with a track called yellow yeah which is rubbish oh i think that's a bit harsh <laughs> I, I i think it's it, it's it's good for radio and it, well it's that's what happened i guess it's, it's one of those things for me because i got hold of the album before yellow came out and Yellow for me was one of the few tracks that I was like, eh, don't like that, skip it. Really? And so I couldn't understand the amount of excitement that came along with that when it got, you know, it went massive. I think it went to UK number one. Uh, I, I think you might be wrong with that. I do like Yellow. I remember when I bought the album and it was actually after Yellow came out. I, I did enjoy Yellow. It's one of my, I, I like it. Yeah, it's good. good well, you, you're, you're probably the person that, most people listening that like Coldplay would agree with because I think I'm in the the vast minority of that in terms of not liking it. I just think it's a bit dirgy. Yeah, the chorus is just a bit like, eh, just just get on, get on <laughs> with it, guys. I just it for me, I don't. It's it's just never grabbed me as a, as a track, and it, it's not a oh, this is the thing that made them big, and I resent that for them being not my band anymore it it absolutely wasn't anything to do with that i was desperate for them to get big because i thought they deserved it based on the whole of this album yeah i loved it i i I love this album i think it's the the sound firstly is was quite different um in that it's it's very clean Mm -hmm. it's very kind of clean with the pianos all the instruments you can hear them it's not produced either exactly yeah yeah which i I guess is what you meant by clean Yes, L- lovely album. I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge fan. So yeah. 2000, because summer 2000 was when when I first bumped into them mm-hmm. live. But they kind of went stratospheric from there, really, didn't they? It was so the live thing is how you saw them go stratospheric yeah. because 
You saw them at Glastonbury, right? I'm sure we've had this yeah. discussion in the past. So I saw them at V2000 and they'd been scheduled to go on at like three o'clock in the afternoon on the other stage. So there's this tiny little stage and I don't know who was opposite them on the main stage, but they, they would have had a tiny crowd because everyone was trying to get to see them because because Yellow had basically come out like a three weeks before. Yeah. And so the whole of V Festival was just trying to see Coldplay. And they couldn't move them because you've got a few weeks before your festival. You can't bump a headliner. You can't bump someone who's high up the bill because you'll just really piss people off. Yeah, yeah, true. Because they were on um, they were on the other stage when I saw them in the afternoon with, uh, what, a couple of thousand people? It was really? Were, yeah. Oh, there was, would that have been June, wouldn't it? June 2000, yeah. Was that pre-Yellow? I think it was just, just Yellow was released out. in June. I think they coincided the two, so they released it and then went on right. tour. And then that would yeah. make sense because I think V two thousand was August, early late July, early August, something like that. Yeah. So it would have had enough time to really start that momentum of people getting it. And I think it's fair to say that I mean we normally do the live bit at the end, but <laughs> the, the the live performance was was so good that I think that's what made people say hang on a second i need to buy this album i think one of the things that's really unfair and we're going to come on to what we think about coldplay and the reaction to people talking about coldplay after we've discussed a bit of the album i do think it's unfair that people sort of see them as almost a little bit contrived and like they're not good musicians they are very talented musicians yeah. they th- their stuff is not immensely complex but they're very competent in terms of the musicality of what they do. And yeah. like you say, playing live, you get that. There was a, a good quote by one of the Fountains of Wayne guys, who are a band who I'll probably talk about in the future because they're one of my favourite <laughs> bands. Um, he said, there's, there are formulas in music and there's formulas to songwriting. And sometimes you just have to stick with the formulas and you'll make great songs. songs and, and this is what Coldplay do. They, they don't try and go too far off the script yeah let's come back to that because i think we'll we'll have a bit of discussion around what people think of coldplay and say about coldplay yeah. after right. after the album so go into the album then pick, yes. pick some songs so i've got to start with the start don't panic it's a really really great way to enter an album it's two minutes long it's got these great guitars on the start and chris martin almost whispering the lyrics like he's very i think this is one thing that i love about parachutes is that he never the music doesn't push his voice too hard. Yeah. It's either in his register and not having to strain to be over the top of all of this stuff that's going on that you get in the later albums, or he's in that falsetto thing that he does, which his voice seems very comfortable in. Yeah. And so there's never, it never f- sounded strained on this album, even though once you get later into their career, his voice does sound like it's struggling to hit some of the ambition that they have for it. Yeah. Don't Panic's a great example of that. It's a really, it's just a, it's just a really great track and it's only two minutes long, but it works. Yeah. And then, I mean, we mentioned Shiver, but I'm not going to really talk about it because it's an all right track. I don't think it's spectacular. It's a weird one for me because I don't think of the singles from this album as being the strongest songs. Yeah, I love Shiver, but yeah. it's a good. It's a good track. Don't get me wrong; I'm not shitting on it in any way, shape, or form. It's just not one of the ones that I would pick out as being one that I want to talk loads about. It yeah. doesn't grab me that that strongly. I love Spies. Yeah, that spooky violin strings intro 
and then you've got the acoustic guitar and his vocals are very anxious in this which suits the mood and the lyrics of the song yeah it's got this kind of moody almost jazzy type style to it i'm I'm a fan yeah it's great and then you've got that kind of build and the electric guitars add some power and urgency in the chorus and then it drops back down and it is it's a very worried track so i awake to see no one is free being one of the lyrics it's all about this feeling of like being trapped and surveilled and all this kind of stuff but then it ends with this more positive note of they can't touch us because they're just spies and i like that i like the gentle twisting of everything that's come before right at the end yeah agree it's a really nice touch sparks i love just because it's beautiful acoustic guitars the piano that's in there you start to see that piano skill that he has and the bass line in there is absolutely wonderful well, I I think this is an underrated part of Coldplay generally is mm-hmm. the the bass and the way that it it just adds so much to the music, especially on Parachutes. Yes, absolutely. You hear it a lot on Parachutes, and I think it gets drowned out a little bit with the overproduction of the later albums. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. It's the cleanliness, and they they use space really nicely in this album as well. They don't try and force too much on you at the same time, which does allow the individual instruments to shine when it's their turn. Yep, yeah. and trouble. Love Trouble. Love it. Piano led, wonderfully fragile, beautiful track. Again, this feels like the kind of thing where because the music's quite fragile, Chris Martin doesn't have to be pushing his voice over the top of it. It's again, it's his delicate vocals here work really well in this track. Yep. And then Everything's Not Lost and the hidden track Life is for Living at the end are just wonderful. Probably my favourite track on the album, Everything's Not Lost. I think it's I think it's the standout. It's a stunning way to finish a record. Uh, it's all about struggling with mental health and coping with your demons. And the honesty in the lyrics is what gets me every time. They did a Facebook Live, must have been two weeks ago, that triggered me wanting to do Coldplay as a, as a conversation. They played this. And I was close to tears. There's so much emotion in there. Again, the bass on this track is brilliant. Um, I've got that on my notes. Another really? excellent bass line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... When you told me we were doing Coldplay, I didn't listen to the album. I just haven't had time. Mm-hmm. But I can still, in my head, know I, that baseline just sits in your head because it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And that thing of, I'll be counting up my demons, hoping everything's not lost, even though it's quite a dark track about mental health and the struggles, there's always this thing of hope, this yeah. underlying hope there yeah. of things will work out okay it will all be fine and the whole album's like that the whole album has this sort of dark slightly sinister undertones but there's always this tinge with hope thing that they have going on i think that's part of the appeal of the whole album to anyone who's listening to it is there's a range of emotions and complexity in there both from a musical and a lyrical standpoint yeah it's a really strong debut (laughs) yeah and there's very little on this album that I dislike. I I said already I don't like Yellow, but it's not a track that I will skip during the album. Yeah. Like, it doesn't annoy me particularly. I just don't think it's an outstanding track. I, I think the thing with Yellow for me is I don't understand why it's the thing that appealed to everyone and got Coldplay big, but that doesn't mean that I that I hate it or that I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you've got that accordion and brass on life is for living and it's this really nice positive uplifting way to finish the album oh yes i know exactly what you're talking about yeah, yeah 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 it's just really sweet it's a really sweet beautiful lovely track it's like a little ditty at the end just Absolutely. Um, 
you know after all of the there there is some gloominess on the album and that just just kind of cuts it off and just says yeah chill out yeah and and i don't think we were going to want to talk about the later albums people will have listened to them and made their own mind up about them but for me i think after parachutes you've used the phrase best of bands in the past and they are a best of band there are brilliant tracks on pretty much every album although i haven't listened to the last one or two certainly uh, when you get into uh, a rush of blood to the head x and y viva la vida and milo xylitol there are tracks on every album there that i i bloody love like fix you and talk on x and y you've got clocks obviously True. on rush of blood to the head and that is that's a melody that is timeless and gets used time and time and time again on things yeah you got a scientist as well which is a yep. personal favorite yeah absolutely uh green eyes on that album as well is Agreed. really good warning signs good it's good but, but but that's the problem i think there's probably four or five really really outstanding tracks on there and then the rest feels a bit fillerish a little bit and i feel that way about x and y viva la vida i really love things like violet hill and strawberry swing but i'm not convinced by the rest of the album yeah i think i think viva la vida was the point where i just drifted off yep and again milo xylitol has a couple of good tracks charlie brown's great on there the bringing in of more electronica and being a bit more experimental with that stuff shows a band that isn't just comfortable in its rut and churning out the same stuff time and time again. Actually, Paradise on there is a cracking song. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I don't necessarily want to talk too much about those albums. I'd rather try and see if we can figure out one of the big questions around Coldplay, which is why do people hate Coldplay so much and so vehemently? That's a fine question. Um, because I saw them again at the Pilton Pop Festival, which is a a thank you to the village of Pilton, which is kind of where the Glastonbury Festival actually is. It's not in Glastonbury. And, and you after- get an invite because you're in one of the near, or your parents live in one of the neighbouring villages. Uh, no, the, the Pilton Pop Festival is almost a, a word of mouth thing, or it was. I, mm. I don't actually know what happens now, but that was a kind of, anyone could turn up. You didn't, it wasn't like your name's not on the list, you're not coming in. Okay. But they kept it very low key. Yeah, you can come, just don't tell everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, so I turned up and saw them in a tent with probably, what, maybe 100 people. Mm-hmm. And we were all sitting on the floor of this big marquee and they were playing. And everyone just seemed to love them. And it was a proper, it's Coldplay and they're lovely and Chris Martin's being friendly and everyone was laughing. It was like, they went from that to big like stadium band and somewhere where they, maybe they at the point of being a stadium band... I don't know. I don't know what happened. So that's a question. Do people hate them just because they've become successful? Because I think a lot of bands suffer with that, but often it's because they disappear up their own asses, a la U2. Yeah. But and they, I don't think they have. No. I don't feel like they've ever been any anything other than a bunch of nice guys who just try and write nice music that they like. Yeah. And I wonder whether that's the thing that combines with the success is the fact that people are like these guys shouldn't be successful they're not they're not that clever they're not that inventive they're just making middle of the road poppy indie music how are they so big and there's almost like a resentment there maybe i think you might be right with the middle of the road part i think that's where they've which is harsh oh they are middle of the road ish but they've always experimented on the fringes of that they've just never pushed the envelope they've always just they've sat within their sound and fiddled around the edges of that yeah i don't i don't buy the um the venom 
Right. I don't either. Well, the other question then is, is it the keenness? So people see Coldplay and they see Chris Martin and Chris Martin's that slightly overly keen, annoying kid at school that people (laughs) sort of like don't want to associate too much with because they're just overly keen. And why don't we like that person as well, right? Because we all knew that person at school. That's a very good question. Well, they're not edgy. You know, as we were chatting about earlier, they're not going to throw a TV out the window. And maybe people want that a little bit in your kind of, you know, you want your rock stars to be yeah slightly like rock stars they're definitely not rock stars we haven't talked about any kind of partying stories because there really aren't any they're a nice bunch of guys who probably go to a local pub and enjoy a pint or two and that's it yeah they've they've got no like hookers and cocaine story if they have they, they're, they're very well covered up and they've got a very good media team <laughs> i don't think there are i just don't think they're that kind of, of band no. and i don't know whether it was gwyneth that caused a bit of a I mean, maybe that's just harsh shake saying someone's... someone's See, I think there is some hate in their direction because of the whole Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow thing. But again, I don't I don't think it's fair and I don't think it's her. I think it's that combination of a nice, pretentious, upper middle class, you know, they called their kids, was it Apple or something? Yeah. And, and people were like, oh, they're such dicks. They're so pretentious. And it's just like, well, they can call their kids what they like. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> but also maybe it's just easy. Like maybe it's easy to round on Coldplay because you can't really go, oh, but they release this really edgy thing and they do these cool stuff. You know, they're just, they're like, if they're nice, it's a bit like the school bully going, oh, I'm going to pick on that kid in the corner because he's an easy target. Yeah, you're right. One of the things that I had down here was, are they just seen as playing it too safe to try and maximise their appeal rather than <laughs> experimenting? I think is unfair because I think they do experiment. I just don't think they're that experimental they're just not musically not that way they're good at the middle of the road stuff and i don't think they'd have had this level of shit if they'd come out in like the 70s or the 80s yeah agree i think people saw indie at that point as a non-mainstream thing so seeing a big indie band getting big mainstream success then had all the indie kids and critics be like oh i can't can't deal with that i'm not okay with them doing that yeah, and you've also got, I mean, they kind of followed on the heels of bands like Oasis and Blur, both of whom had a bit of an edge to them. Yeah, Alan McGee, who's manager of Oasis, called them bedwetting indie rock. <laughs> there you go. Which I think he's since said he was, he feels he was too harsh on them and that it's unfair, but there is a, there's a chunk of the British rock fandom that just feels that way about them because yeah. they're a bit, they're just nice, they're nice guys and that's it and that's all they'll ever be, but they've sold hundreds of millions of records off the back of that and people resent it is what i as far as i can tell yeah well i don't know do you hate coldplay no i think they're great yeah Same um and, and i think if someone said they were gonna appear at a venue a gig venue near me i'd go yeah i want to see them we saw them we saw them at crystal palace and i was trying to work out was it crystal palace it was one yeah, of those south Chris- london it was Crystal Palace and it was X and Y when they released the album. It's right. just when they released it. And and I remember seeing them there and they played Clocks and it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. They were absolutely mental for it. And, you know, we went with a couple of mates, one of whom is pretty aggressive about his music opinions when he wants to be. Yeah. And and he loves loved them at the time. I don't know whether he'd say that now, but he, he had an amazing time. Yeah. We had a really good night out there. And... I think that's the thing is they're a really enjoyable band. They're nothing extraordinarily different. And that almost just seems to be a, 
a thing now with critics where you have to do something spectacular and different and edgy to be given good reviews. Yeah, well, if you take all the reviews out of the, the equation, I've seen them in a tent with about 100 people. I've seen them headline a festival and I've seen them at a, an arena gig. Have I seen them in a gig venue? I don't think I have. But every one of those performances was brilliant yeah. and, and, it, and it really worked well. So, yeah, I I find it hard to to work out why they are hated so much but at the same time i think i'm guilty of the fact that when if someone in a pub was saying oh coldplay shit i'd probably laugh along along with them and go oh yeah <laughs> oh you're that guy you're the yeah. guy that won't well, you're not gonna stand up for your mate when the bully's picking on him if, if it was a smaller <laughs> band like i don't know idlewild or something i'd stick up for them that's fair because it's coldplay it's like yeah whatever They're multi-millionaires they don't probably don't care about what man in pub thinks of them and may- maybe that's why the you kind of hear the louder voices of the people trying to shut them down rather than the people who go, actually, Parachutes is one of the best albums of the like last 20 years. For me, Parachutes and the following couple of albums were the last things that I listened to from mainstream indie rock from the early thousands. Shit, I said the last 20 years, it was before that. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. You, you get into the, the mainstream indie after that and there's a term that I don't really like, which is uh, landfill indie um, which yeah, I've heard appeared that. in articles over the last five years or so and it refers to bands like Bombay Bicycle Club and you know all of there's a lot of bands there that I can't even think of the name of and I never Kaiser got, Chefs right I, I hate the Kaiser Chiefs let's not talk about them because we we try and <laughs> stick stick to the positives there wasn't anything interesting or different going on there and so I ended up jumping across into more of the kind of electronic or alternative stuff rather than sticking with the mainstream yeah and so thank you Coldplay for kind of finishing out that era for me yeah I think they did kind of bookend it a bit didn't they yep and yeah so I can't really say that I was influenced in my tastes by them to go and listen to other stuff but I have enjoyed and continue to enjoy listening to Parachutes it's a bloody lovely album and I fully recommend anyone who's negative about Coldplay but has only really experienced them from their you know third or fourth albums onwards to go and have a listen to it because you might find that you like it that's a good shout if if you don't know of if you if Parachute's passed you by but you'd probably have heard of Yellow anyway but if it has that whole album in full is definitely worth digging up I reckon there are plenty of people who probably only really heard of Coldplay from X and Y onwards when they were really starting to hit the heights of their fame and so that like you say they probably heard yellow but nothing else from parachutes and they've just assumed that it all sounds like that yeah go and have a listen if you haven't listened to parachutes through properly go and have a listen to it it right now do it worth it brilliant cool well thanks for that one it was enjoyable finally got to coldplay yeah we have and i think they're well deserved as i mentioned they've um yeah definitely up there in the in the top bands of the last 21 years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah nice one cheers mate <laughs> cool thank you for listening to another episode of I Might Be Wrong 